1: Love Talk Radio.
0: Provided by bensound.com. Welcome, everyone, to today's Earth Energy Forecast Show on this Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. Thank you for joining us today, or if you're listening later in the podcast. Today's show is all about 5G, what it is, what it can do for us, its potential health risks, and some common-sense ways to reduce exposure to cell phone radiation. Today's guest, Dr. David Carpenter, will talk to us today about his research on the human effects of radiofrequency electromagnetic fields and his thoughts on 5G. Dr. Carpenter is a public health physician whose current position is director of the Institute for Health and the Environment at the University at Albany, as well as professor of Environmental Health Sciences within the School of Public Health at the University at Albany. After receiving his MD degree from Harvard Medical School, he chose a career of research in public health. After research positions at the National Institute of Mental Health and the Armed Forces Radiobiology Bio- Research Institute, he came to Albany in 1980 as the director of the Wadsworth Center for Laboratories and Research of the New York State Department of Health, the third largest public health laboratory in the U.S. after NIH and CDC. He was instrumental in creating the School of Public Health at the University at Albany in 1985. He was then appointed as the founding dean of the School of Public Health, a position he held until 1998 when he assumed his current position. Dr. Carpenter's research initially was basic neurobiology and more recently has primarily been the study of human disease resulting from exposure to environment contaminants and more specifically, the adverse human effects of electromagnetic fields. He became a spokesperson for New York York State on issues related to EMFs. He has edited two books and written several review articles on the subject. He testified before the President's Cancer Panel in 2009 on human health effects of both power line and radio frequency EMFs from a variety of sources. He is co-editor of the BioInitiative Report, which is a review of the effects of EMFs. But before Dr. Carpenter joins us today, let me share some background information about 5G. Now, please keep in mind that I'm not an expert on 5G. I'm merely sharing the information that I found when I researched it. 5G stands for fifth-generation cellular wireless technology. It will be a software-defined network, meaning that there will be no cables. It will operate on the cloud, which will make it 100 times the capacity of 4G. It will use what is called network slicing that consists of separate wireless networks so that you can personalize the internet. In order to implement this technology, however, 20,000 satellites are needed. 1G through 4G use between 1 and 5 gigahertz frequency. 5G uses a bandwidth between 30 and 300 gigabytes, with some lower and mid-range frequencies. 5G is ultra-high frequency and ultra-high intensity. It uses shorter waves called millimeter waves, or they refer to them as MMW. These millimeter waves do not travel as fast or as far as the previous frequencies. This means that more cell towers are needed. Also, millimeter waves do not travel through buildings and are absorbed by rain and plants which interfere with the signal. To get around this, towers will be placed on every light pole, utility pole, hospital, school, library, corporate building, etc. This is known as multiple input, multiple output. It is important to note that the effects of 5G will diminish as the distance from these towers increases. But with the world set on establishing this technology within the next several years, there may not be anywhere on the planet to hide. Verizon and Sprint already have 5G test cities in Sacramento, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, and New York City. Cities such as Portland, Oregon, and Brussels, Belgium, have put a stop on 5G technology due to its potential human health effects. China will have 5G commercially available by 2020. President Trump is concerned about this and feels the U.S. needs 5G to stay competitive with China and other nations. Just yesterday, it was reported that the U.S. is requiring all 5G towers and hardware to be manufactured in the United States over concerns that hardware made in China may come with unwanted spy capabilities. It is estimated that half of all mobile connections will be 5G by 2025. So what can 5G do for us? 5G will be 10 to 100 times faster than 4G and support over 100 billion devices. The 50 millisecond delay in 4G will be reduced to 1 millisecond in 5G. It will allow for new technologies such as self-driving cars, robots, new medical devices, and improved industrial and agricultural machinery. Augmented reality and virtual reality will become readily available. The global media industry could stand to gain $1.3 trillion from 5G by 2025. All of this technology comes at a cost. As you can imagine, the cost of putting towers on every light pole and public building is very high, and the burden rests with local governments. This also means that the cost could trickle down to consumers. In addition, there is little research on the health effects of 5G on humans. The World Health Organization classifies radiofrequency radiation as a possible carcinogen, and the National Toxicology Program concluded that cell phone radiation can cause cancer. There have been over 1,000 studies on the effects of low-level wireless radiofrequency radiation. Here are some of the other costs that we could incur due to this technology. These studies suggest that this exposure can cause DNA single and double-strand breaks, oxidative damage, disruption of cell metabolism, increased blood-brain barrier permeability, decreased melatonin, disruption to brain glucose metabolism, and generation of stress proteins. In addition to the above, 5G may produce dense electromagnetic smog. It may also affect the skin. 90% of the transmitted power is absorbed in the epidermis and dermis layers. This may lead to skin diseases, cancer, and physical pain to our skin. Animal studies suggest that millimeter waves can penetrate below the surface of the eye, which may lead to damage of the lens and epithelial cells. Frequencies within 53 to 78 gigahertz range can affect the heart and cause arrhythmias, according to a 1992 Russian study. A 2002 Russian study found that the immune system may also be affected. A 2016 Armenian study showed 5G may lead to changing cell properties and affect cell growth rates. The same study found that the combination of millimeter waves and antibiotics may lead to antibiotic resistance and lower our resistance to bacteria. Not a good thing when we have superbugs coming around. 5G may also be hazardous to other animals and plants. Numerous studies show that the closer people live to cell phone towers, the ones used for 4G and below, have increased risk of DNA damage, cancer, changes in the blood, and other cellular metabolic changes. Today's guest, Dr. Carpenter, found that there may be a link between 3G and 5G and brain cancer. Last May, a U.N. staff member asked for all 5G-emitting devices to be immediately removed and requested a halt to 5G at U.N. duty stations. The issue is then referred to the World Health Organization. The CDC and EPA websites lead one to believe that radiofrequency radiation is safe. Can over 230 scientists and doctors from over 40 countries be wrong? They filed an appeal to the U.N. to act on the potential serious effects of 5G on humans and the environment. U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut, stated that the FCC and the Food and Drug Administration failed to conduct adequate research of 5G. While the CDC leads one to feel that radiofrequency radiation is safe, they do say that more research is needed. In April, President Trump and the FCC chairman argued that the small size of the 5G towers make it difficult for local governments to demand more studies and regulations. Of course, they did not mention the number of these small towers that would be needed. They gave municipalities only 90 days to approve the new 5G infrastructure in an effort to move the technology along. A group of over 200 U.S. cities is suing the FCC to gain authority to negotiate directly with telecom companies. So, what can you do to protect yourself from cell phone radiation? Well, for now, what you can do is this keep your phone as far away from you as possible by using the speakerphone or a wired air tube headset. Avoid carrying the phone against your body. Do not use it when the signal is weak. Children should not use cell phones or play with them. Shut your phone off at night so it doesn't interfere with your sleep. Avoid using your phone in places surrounded by metal, such as airplanes, buses, trains, cars, and elevators. Text more. Maybe the teenagers are right. As far as 5G itself, I can't offer you any other advice today, but I will have return guest Eric Thompson from Subtle Energy coming on the show later this year. He is working on a product to protect us from 5G. Before Dr. Carpenter joins us, I want to read two quotes from two 5G experts. The first quote, the new 5G wireless technology involves millimeter waves in parentheses, extremely high frequencies, close parentheses, producing photons of much greater energy than even 4G and Wi-Fi. Allowing this technology to be used without proving its safety is reckless in the extreme, as the millimeter waves are known to have a profound effect on all parts of the human body. That was Professor Trevor Marshall, Director of Autoimmunity Research Foundation in California. The final quote, it would eradicate everyone, including the most vulnerable to harm from radio frequency radiation, pregnant women, unborn children, young children, teenagers, men of reproductive age, the elderly, the disabled, and the chronically ill. That was quoted from Ronald Powell Ph.D., letter to the FCC on 5G expansion. Now let's see what Dr. Carpenter has to say on his research on 3G and 4G and his thoughts about 5G. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carpenter.
1: Thank you, Joan. I'm happy to be here.
0: I'm so happy that you joined us today. So I shared a lot of information and I'm sure you have a bunch more and I hope it was accurate. I tried to do my homework well. Uh, If there's any corrections. Summarizing the state of the art. Okay. Thank you very much. So I'm curious as to know what your research tells us and what, and I know that you've researched 3G and 4G, but not 5G. Is that correct? Well that is
1: correct and the fact is that there is eff- effectively no research on 5G, and this is the, I think the biggest concern is that it's being rolled out globally uh, without any understanding of what the potential health hazards are. so we know a fair bit about the hazards of 3G and 4G. Uh, these are the frequencies that have been used for cell phones for the last 20 thirty years and there is really overwhelming evidence that someone that uses their cell phone frequently held to their head is at elevated risk of developing specific kinds of brain cancer, particularly gliomas or the really nasty form of a glioma, which is a glioblastoma. That's the cancer that Ted Kennedy died of, John, Glenn, uh, 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 several people uh died of that cancer. It's uh, Johnny Cochran died of that cancer. Bue Biden died of that cancer. Uh, All of these people, while we don't know their frequency of using cell phones, they were in public life and undoubtedly did use cell phones a lot. The increases in in gliomas and glioblastomas occur only on the side of the head that people usually use their cell phone. Uh, There's much less evidence that other kinds of brain cancer are increased. So this seems to be quite a specific increase in gliomas and glioblastomas. Now, we have a pretty good idea of what the mechanisms are for Mm -hmm. the elevation of these brain cancers from 3G and 4G. Uh, These radiations, while they're not of sufficient energy to directly damage DNA, they do cause... induction of reactive oxygen species or what we often would refer to as free radicals. Uh-huh. And uh, they've been demonstrated to uh, penetrate the brain, especially the brain of children that uh, have thinner skulls and, and less total volume. They change the metabolism of the brain Uh, A a woman who is the director of one of the NIH institutes, who's certainly not a radical in this area of research, has demonstrated by using a uh, non-metabolizable isotope of glucose that uh, when you hold a cell phone to your ear, the uh, metabolism, the, the uptake of glucose by the nerve cells that are near that ear is is dramatically increased. So we know that these forms of radiation penetrate the brain. There's other evidence that they change the electroencephalogram, that they can alter blood flow to the brain. Uh, There's increasing evidence that uh, excessive exposure to 3 and 4G will alter cognitive function. Uh, This is, of course, particularly of concern uh, in children in schools, one mm-hmm. of the one of my concerns is that so many schools have gone totally wireless, and especially in the computer classrooms, you may have twenty or thirty kids on a wireless laptop with one strong router in the in the room, and they're basically in a in a mini microwave oven. Uh, and the the concerns that we have, I mean, cancer is not going to appear tomorrow, so what's the cancer rates going to be in 20 years uh, in these children that have these high exposures. And then there is an issue that is uh, becoming more frequent now, and that is that some people uh, become unusually sensitive to radiofrequency radiation and develop a Mm -hmm. syndrome that's called electrohypersensitivity. Uh, it doesn't happen to everybody. It doesn't happen to me. Uh, but these people develop headaches. They have the sense their brain doesn't work right. Uh, they, they often have photophobia. They uh, fatigue, feel fatigued. And in some people, they, they literally cannot uh, tolerate living in the urban environments where there's cell towers everywhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. we're concerned that this is going to increase as exposure increases which it certainly will with the advent of 5G.
0: So what are these people going to be able to do Dr. Carpenter if they develop this uh, electro hypersensitivity and 5G is is, you know implemented?
1: Well this is a major problem. Uh, There is this place in West Virginia that prohibits all radio frequency radiation because of some of the military installations there. I've forgotten the name of the place, but some of these people mm. have gone there to live just because they can't uh, tolerate anywhere else. Others go into the mountains and uh, find a cabin or stay in their car just to escape. And it appears that if they uh, have a period of time where they're less exposed, that the symptoms will somewhat uh uh, be reduced, but it it also appears that once you're electrosensitive, uh, you always will be if you're exposed mm-hmm. to excessive levels. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, uh, way back in the Cold War era, uh, the Soviets irradiated the U.S. Embassy in Moscow with microwaves. Now, what we're talking about for 3G and 4G, these are microwaves. Wow. It's the same thing that dries your microwave oven. Uh, It's just that the microwave oven is at a higher intensity. And at high intensities, microwaves cost tissue heating. That's how you can bake your potato or eat your dinner in a microwave oven. And, Mm -hmm. in fact, uh, the only safety standard that we have in this country and in most countries of the world uh, is uh, that safety standard is set to prevent Tissue heating, so you don't want to cook your brain while you're talking on your cell phone. But we have all of this evidence for biological effects at lower intensity. But to go back to the U.S. embassy in Moscow, the Soviets irradiated the embassy with microwaves, and this caused great concern because the Soviets and, and still the Russian government has much more rigorous safety limits than we do here in the U.S., Uh, they didn't find any immediate increase in cancer in people that worked in the embassy, but they had an epidemic of complaints of inability to sleep, of headache, of feeling fatigued, of feeling that their brain wasn't working very well. And these are precisely the symptoms of electrohypersensitivity. Now, at the time, the U.S. government officials ascribed all of these symptoms to anxiety, which uh, some of them may have been due to anxiety. But at the same time, uh, we now see that in certain sensitive people, we get these symptoms just by uh, talking on your cell phone too long, being too close to a cell tower, or being in a a potent Wi-Fi environment. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe they just install the Wi-Fi off. tower right in front where I'm living.
1: <laughs> right. And you know, this is the reality: is in the real world, we're all exposed to radio frequency continuously, mm-hmm. all of the time. Yes. If you can turn your radio on, uh, when you change the dial, what you're doing is changing the frequency of the radio frequency signal. So mm-hmm. if you can turn your radio on, or your television on, or use your cell phone. That means that you're constantly being bathed with those signals. Now, uh, in the past, most of the radio frequency in our environment came from radio and television uh, transmission, and we didn't see symptoms of of, uh, electrohypersensitivity or elevations in cancer, although even there, there are now uh, reports of elevation in uh, leukemia in children that live near Vatican Radio, which is an AM, a very powerful AM radio transmission station, uh, transmits mm-hmm. signals over all of Europe. And leukemia is uh, one of the cancers that uh, we've seen earlier from uh, power line frequencies. When the whole body is irradiated, it appears that mm-hmm. leukemia is the cancer of greatest concern. Oh. But if your brain is irradiated, then you get brain cancer. There are reports now that some women will wear their cell phones in their bra. If the cell phone is turned on, there is an increased risk of of breast cancer. Uh, Of concern, although I don't think it's really been studied yet, is many men will wear their active cell phone on their belt or in their pants, and that would expose the pelvis. So I would predict that At some point, we're going to find elevations in gastrointestinal cancers or prostate cancer from pelvic exposure. So it's whatever part of the body is exposed to excessive uh, radiofrequency radiation that appears to cause the increase in cancer.
0: When did 3G and 4G come out? Do you know, Dr. Carpenter?
1: Well, I don't know the exact dates. Uh, uh, The cell phone was really invented in the U.S., but it was first uh, manufactured and widely used in northern Europe, especially in Scandinavia. So much of the evidence we have at present Mm. about the elevations in brain cancer come from studies that were done in Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. Uh, What they have found there is that you only see this significant elevation in brain cancer after people have been using their cell phone intensely for 10 years or more. Now, we know from other chemicals exposures or ionizing radiation exposures that the latency between exposure and development of brain cancer is often 20 to 30 years. So this raises major concerns because, at least here in the U.S., uh, there is – there is some evidence that there's been this dramatic increase in our radio frequency exposure really starting in about 2005. Now that's, that's only 15 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. There was some increase before that, but there was a striking increase, which has continued to grow almost exponentially since 2005. So if the latency for real in increases in brain cancer is 20 or 30 years, uh, We haven't really seen clear significant increases in brain cancer in the U.S., unlike the situation in Northern Europe. Some indications, but not really very clear. What's going to happen in the future when everybody is on their phone all the time and most people still hold it to their head in spite of all of the evidence, as you said earlier, that using a wired earpiece or at least holding it away from your head uh, reduces your exposure significantly?
0: So what about the exposure then from all of these uh, 5G towers, the, these, you know, on lampposts and light and, and utility poles and hospitals and, and schools? So all these people are going to be exposed to this. Does that not affect us because it's not close enough then? Well, the
1: exposure is going to increase just enormously. Now, there is one... Uh, that that fact that exposure is going to increase is of great concern because of the lack of good studies to determine how hazardous 5G is. There's one reason to suspect that possibly it's not going to be as dangerous as 3G and 4G. You already mentioned that uh, the 5G signal can be blocked by fog, by leaves. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to penetrate mm-hmm. buildings very well. The question is, is it going to penetrate the body in the way that 3G and 4G do? I've already said mm-hmm. that 3G 4G penetrate the brain. Now, apparently, 5G signals are very much like those that are presently used at airport scanners. Uh, and they are supposedly not going to penetrate the body. You can see things on the surface of the body, but uh, not internal structures. Uh, if if that really is true, that 5G uh, won't penetrate through the skin, then it probably is not as dangerous as 3G and 4G. But nobody has made those those uh, studies. Nobody has analyzed that. 5G gets close to uh, the part of the electromagnetic spectrum that is called infrared. This is the mm. heat that's from the sun. I was going to say, it's going to heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And without that mm-hmm. heat, obviously life on Earth would be uh, impossible. Uh, mm-hmm. We all know that heat penetrates the body. Uh, we, we have receptors for heat, and, and we require uh, heat in our body. Uh, now, the infrared radiation from the sun is certainly not something that we consider to be hazardous. But the 5G is between the 4G that we know is hazardous and the infrared radiation, and the, the fact that we're rolling this out on a global basis without any investigation of how dangerous it is of, is of great concern. It's very difficult to put a genie back in the bottle, and we're rolling right. this, this genie out of the bottle in, at enormous rates. I've just returned from China about a, three weeks ago, and they have big signs everywhere about 5G. I can't read the rest of it it's all in Chinese. But 5G is everywhere. Uh, as you said in your introduction, there's this global rush to, uh, to get 5G out, partly because the utilities are, are anticipating making just piles of money because yes. of the rollout. But mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. do we do this without... What is the equivalence of an environmental impact statement before yeah. we uh, roll things out? You know, we've, we never seem to learn. The whole episode with cigarette smoking and health is what took 30 years before we realized that cigarette smoking was killing people. We've had numerous other <clears throat> chemicals, DDT, PCBs, things mm-hmm. like this, that uh, – Were proposed as you know God's gift to mankind, and then we find that these are deadly substances that uh, now that we can't get rid of because they're persistent and they stay in the environment Mm -hmm. and they all Mm -hmm. in our bodies and they cause all kinds of diseases. So my take on 5G is that it's a real mistake to uh, implement this widely. The, the fact that the uh, millimeter waves don't travel as far and are more easily blocked requires that we're going to be putting one of these mini cell towers in front of about every fifth to tenth house on every residential street in the country. I don't know how they're going to get 5G in rural areas because the signals don't travel that far. But this means you're not going to be able to walk down the sidewalk without being continuously exposed. Uh, How well the 5G penetrates the house remains to be a a question. So the solution to that is apparently putting a 5G transmitter in the house. And that's already happening around the country to some degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reality is that we're all continuously exposed. Now, things are uh, every level we anticipate things to get worse uh the there's been a lot of concern uh, about smart meters. Smart meters replace yeah. the old digital meters on the outside of your house that mm-hmm. that uh, give the amount of electricity that you used and they had to have someone come around once a month to read the meters so you get your electric bill well uh now they're being replaced by smart meters that use radio frequency signals to transmit that information to the, uh, the utility. And uh, the signals that come from those smart meters appear to be particularly bad in the sense they trigger electro hypersensitivity. But we're going to go from there until now. Every appliance manufacturer is yeah. inserting their appliance a little transmitter called the Zigbee drive, which will use radio frequency radiation to transmit information to the smart meter. And this is going to mean that your refrigerator, your washer, your dryer, your uh, just every every little appliance in your house is going to be generating radio frequency radiation communicating ah. with your smart. Meter. And so your kitchen and especially your laundry room in your bathroom, these are going to be hot bids of generation of these signals. Uh, the Internet of Things, that's what 5G is being promoted. It—it it, The benefit is you can download a movie in no time at all. Yeah. But so that's uh, the only benefit that I can see.
0: I and know. I know. So what, what, now there are people making money and people making money well, off it, this. So, yes, that
1: doesn't benefit most of us, but it's going to benefit no. the people. No. Uh, that, that are putting out the system enormously. But uh, to do all of this to the enrichment of just a few without a careful review of the long-term health consequences is just stupid. And yet nobody is even aware of the concerns about the health consequences, or at least the general public is not. Mm-hmm. And everybody's downloading mm-hmm. a movie fast. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah. So what really you're saying needs to be done is that we need to do a long-term study before we implement this. And it would have to be, what, a 20-year study at least, wouldn't you say, Dr. Carpenter?
1: Well, you know, the the level of the study, uh, to do a study of humans, you have to have humans that are exposed for a long period of time. That probably is a 20-year study. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, you know... <laughs> I'd like to stop before we have humans exposed for 20 years.
0: Close oh, it, though, yeah, and, yeah.
1: And, and do the animal studies, do the uh, cellular studies uh, to see whether the 5G signals really are as dangerous as the 3G and 4G. Now, you know, I'm not an advocate of going back to the pre wireless age. I don't think any of us are going to do that. But we have some pretty good information about, about how people can enjoy the benefits of wireless communication without unduly and excessively exposing themselves to 3G and 4G. We've talked about some of these. Use a landline when you can, rather than a cell phone. Now, unfortunately, this is a generational thing, and I asked my class that I teach uh, how many people had a landline and, and almost nobody under the age of 40 had a landline any longer. Mm -hmm. But Mm landlines don't generate radio frequency radiation. Uh, If you're using a cell phone, use a wired earpiece. Keep the cell phone off your body. Uh, Turn off the Wi-Fi at night. Don't sleep with the cell phone under your pillow. Uh, You know, there's just so many relatively simple things that one can do that will allow you to benefit the, the good things about radio frequency radiation, but avoid excessive exposure. Now, we should start with the basic assumption that 5G is going to have the same effects that 4G has and, and test that assumption. We can do studies in the short term with cellular systems, with animal model systems. Animals don't require as long a period of time. We've just had two studies on rodents with 3G and 4G. The National Toxicology Program Uh, did a long-term study of rats, and the rats lived for a total of two years, not 70 or 80 like humans do. And that study showed that rats develop the same cancers when they're exposed to cell phone radiation that people do. Another study was done in Italy by the Ramazzini Institute, and they used even lower intensities, the kind of exposure you'd get by living near to a cell tower, And they demonstrated also that rodents get the same two cancers that we see in people that being brain cancer and a cancer of the swan cells that wrap around nerves called a swanoma. In humans, it's most common as an auditory neuroma, it's a tumor of the auditory nerve, which is encased in bone. So when you get a tumor growing there, first you get deaf and then you get terrible brain. Uh, terrible headaches. Uh, oh. So, you know, you can do those kinds of studies with five G in in rodents for a, uh, a period not longer than two years. It'll take a little longer to analyze the data, perhaps. Uh huh. But the rush of putting this out, other than to make people wealthy very quickly, when mm-hmm. we really don't know how dangerous th- this technology is. <coughs> <laughs>
0: You said you went to China. Do you know if they've done any studies there? Well,
1: the, the Chinese government is actually uh, doing a number of studies now, and uh, they the, there have been a number of, of publications that have come from China, but most of them have not been original research there. They've been uh, analysis of studies done from other places. Uh, I, I'm just not aware of any Really? real human research uh, being done in China. Uh, you know, China's where we were 20, 30 years ago. They're so anxious for economic development that they've cut a lot of corners on, on protecting human health. And uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, I was at Peking University where uh, a lot of the studies there have been on air pollution. Air pollution in Beijing is terrible. But air pollution in all of the major cities in China is being reduced quite dramatically because of new regulations uh, put in by the Chinese government. That's at the same time in this country, our regulations to reduce, reduce air pollutants are being loosened. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they really haven't focused on, uh, on studies of radio frequency radiation, to my knowledge, but the awareness of the issue uh, is growing dramatically. I was invited to give five lectures on five different subjects at Peking University. And the one on on, um, EMF and health effects was the one that brought out the largest crowd that I've had in in any of these these lectures in China.
0: I can understand why.
1: (laughs) That's right, because everybody uses this technology. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and, and everyone's affected uh, by it. As we get more and more information, the knowledge of the fact that we should have some concerns about it is growing with everyone.
0: I've read that 5G is going to be pulsed. They're going to be pulsing these waves. Does 3G and 4G, do they pulse the waves or is it just a continual send out the signal?
1: Well, almost. None of the radio frequency radiation is uh, just the sine wave. Electromagnetic fields, the basis are are pure sine waves and they just differ by frequency. So Mm -hmm. uh, uh, our electricity at 60 hertz, that's 60 cycles per second. Uh, uh, 3G and 4G are uh, millihertz, that's thousands of seconds. And 5G 5G is going to be gigahertz. Uh, So, but the signals are put on top of those basic sine waves. So, uh, for example, smart meters have very intense but very brief pulses of a sine wave with signal put on top of it. And so 5G is going to be the same. It's going to have a basic sine wave at 5 gigahertz, but it's going to have other signals put on top of that. That's how uh, voice information is carried, uh, other information is carried. The uh, characteristics of the movie will be carried by signals put on top of the 5G.
0: Interesting. So how will that affect us? Do you have any idea? There, I'm I'd imagining there's no studies on that either then. There are no studies on
1: that. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are even relatively few studies on the uh, impact of the uh, the extra things added to 3G and 4G. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of people that think it's not the basic sine wave that causes the problem,
0: mm-hmm. but that
1: it's abrupt changes, <clears throat> the on's yeah. and on's, uh, the the modulation, the frequencies put on top of the basic sine wave, but that's very difficult to study, uh, especially in when you start to look at whole animals or or humans, because we're all exposed to uh, such a mixture of these frequencies, and we're exposed continuously. So certainly in humans, it would not be realistic to do a long-term study where you you focus on on specific things superimposed on a sine wave.
0: In animals, Mm -hmm.
1: it's possible. Uh, In cellular systems, it certainly is possible.
0: Yes. So I'm really concerned about these smart meters. Uh, I'm imagining that um, all of the um, power companies are going to want to institute these smart meters.
1: Um, Oh, it's happening everywhere. Uh, Here in New York, I get uh, calls very, very frequently as smart meters are being put on homes. Uh, there, you know, I, I've, I've been contacted by a number of people. There's uh, an interesting story from California of a couple that uh, were away from their apartment for uh, a month or so and came home and didn't realize a smart meter didn't put on their apartment. Both Ouch. of them developed severe electro hypersensitivity and couldn't figure out what had happened until they uh, discovered that there was a smart meter that had caused them to develop this syndrome. Now, there are other situations that have demonstrated that this, this syndrome of electrohypersensitivity can occur because of some very brief but uh, prolonged, brief, brief but intensive exposure to uh, radio frequency radiation. Uh, there's old literature on on uh, people in the Defense Department who were exposed unintentionally to high-intensity radar and developed a syndrome of electrohypersensitivity that didn't did not go away for a period of years. Uh, I also have actually met and talked with a, a person uh, who was a technician working with uh, uh, radio frequency generators was invited to do some repair work on a facility that had several generators that were all supposed to be turned off when he went in to do the repair work, but three of them were not turned off. And he was in that facility for about an hour. <coughs> Excuse me. Developed severe headache. And I met him two years later, and he was still ill.
0: And So what about, there's companies out there that are selling, you know, protection for your cell phones, or there's one that even has a smart meter guard. Is there anything that really you can put on your cell phone or on the smart meter to protect you from the radiation that you know of?
1: I'm very skeptical of all those devices. I've had people come to my office and offer me a pendant and that sort of thing. Now, uh, you can shield radio frequency radiation. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting hoarse here. Uh, you can shield with some kinds of metal, but if you block the communication, uh, then you obviously can't use your cell phone.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, there are some people that are putting intensive shielding in their homes. Uh, that seems a little excessive, but uh, it does reduce. The uh, penetration of the radio frequency radiation. Most of these devices have not been demonstrated to be effective in any way.
0: And what's that shielding consist of for their homes?
1: Well, it's it's often a copper mesh. Um, I used to be, as you as you said earlier, a a neuroscientist and electrophysiologist, and Uh we would always use a copper cage to. Put our sensitive electrical equipment in to shield against uh, external sources of radio frequency radiation
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh it's not really a practical thing
0: no They're pretty expensive there are lots of practical things you
1: can do, and that doesn't entail uh putting copper shielding around your house, uh-huh
0: uh-huh. Are there any other ways that you can think of to to mitigate the effects of this radiation, other than the distance factor that we know that it's it is you know the an adverse th- That's a very important one.
1: But I think the other, the other issues are are really important. There's major movements in a number of states for opting out of having smart meters put on your house. The old analog meters work just fine. Uh, the benefit of the smart meters is that the utility companies can fire all the meter readers, uh, but right. there is no reason why we have to go to a radio frequency generation to communicate information on your electricity use. Uh, some states have mandated that you can opt out of smart meters without a fee. Well, some utilities refuse to let you opt out. I've had people contact me who've had their electricity turned off because they refuse to have a smart meter put on their house. Uh, You know, again, there's so many simple things you can do to reduce exposure. uh, But, of course, it's very difficult, especially when you're in an urban environment where there are cell towers everywhere. Where uh, you know you can't go into a Starbucks or a Wi-Fi without into or a McDonald's without Wi-Fi, uh, most people aren't going to be sensitive to that. But it does increase all of our aggregate exposure. And like any environmental impact, our ex- our expectation is that what's important is the intensity of exposure and the duration of exposure, and some uh, combination of the two factors determine uh, whether or not we're going to develop symptoms. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, do you think there's anything uh, we can do to stop 5G from coming? Well,
1: you know, 5G implementation is a political decision. Uh, It's being pushed by the industry. Our Federal Communications Commission basically is staffed by industry people. Uh, our president is very much in favor of, of implementation of 5G. The only effective way of stopping it would be people working with their elected representatives, whether they be local, statewide, or especially national, to put a break on the, on this. Rapid development. Now, again, part of the problem is that we really don't know how dangerous 5G is, Uh, but that's the reason to be careful about it. Mm -hmm. Why implement something that we don't know uh, is so dangerous, whether whether it's really dangerous or not, until we have at least some basic information that can only come from research. Now, I'm not advocating a, a 30-year study before we implement 5G, but five years to focus funding. Federal government has effectively no funding for a study of 5G health effects. It, wow. The priority seems to be implemented today, and that's just wrong. But I think the only, uh, the only resource we have is through our elected representatives. Uh, scientific community can't help if they have no funding to do the research, which is really what the situation is.
0: Did the U.S. federal government fund studies for 3G and 4G?
1: Not really. Uh, There there used to be a program on uh, study of radiofrequency radiation by the U.S. EPA that was canceled a number of years ago. There was a brief study by the National Institute of Environmental Health Science that released a report, uh, again, probably 15 years ago, that basically said, well, you know, there's some evidence of of harm here, but it's it's not really definitive. Uh, They haven't funded any research on radiofrequency radiation for many, many years, to my knowledge. There uh, is some internal study at the National Cancer Institute, but the people at the National Cancer Institute have been fairly conservative in their recommendations and have not been forthright in acknowledging the the strength of the evidence that we already have on brain cancer from self-use and so forth. So we really have no research in the U.S. Uh, There's been much more research in other countries, but even in other countries, there's been this battle between the industry and this competition to not, for countries not to be left behind in the development of a new exciting technology, uh, without significant concern about the adverse health effects
0: yeah it just seems like we could be heading to uh epidemic proportions of diseases that we just don't want um, it it all kind of boils down to the same thing that you know most of our issues have um political and greed um and it and it's unfortunate but i guess that's where we are And for the listeners out there, if you're concerned about it, well, you can go to your local elected officials and complain and ask them to stop this. I know uh, in Syracuse, New York, city near where I live, um, they are asking for more studies, but they were looking to implement this uh, within the next six years. So I'm I'm hoping that you know there will be funds and more studies will come out and um, we will wake up to this. So Anything I know that,
1: Sirius, for example, wanted to be one of the first cities to go pure five G, and uh, that's just uh, you know that's foolish to have that desire yeah. to be the guinea pig of what what kind of disease are rates are we going to see if that happens uh, uh-huh, in, uh-huh. in cities that implement it without uh, some caution?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's all run by technology and uh, money and wanting to move ahead because we have a lot of uh, drone uh, research here and drone use and, and uh, Syracuse is trying to open up more technologically and draw in more companies that are on cutting edge technology. And I think that was the impetus for it. But again, you know, uh, where's the forethought here? Like you said, with cigarettes and all the rest, where is the forethought on what the effects are to us? And not only to us, but to the environment as well. I mean, if it's affecting humans, it probably will affect plants and animals too, especially if it can cause DNA effects.
1: Well, that's absolutely correct. Now, uh, it's not a subject I've been terribly informed about, but there's a lot of concern that uh, in addition to the pesticides, the decline in honeybees and and Mm -hmm. other insects that uh, basically are responsible for uh, fertilizing uh, fruit trees and that sort of thing, uh, that that these uh, electromagnetic waves interfere with their Uh, ability to find their way back to their hives. So that, that, that needs to be studied much more as well. Uh, Clearly we've, we've contaminated the world with pesticides and that's a factor, but it may not be the only
0: factor. factor, Yes, because they are dying off a lot. And yeah, if no bees, there's no food. Uh, There's no food, there's no life. You know, it's as simple as that we live interdependently on this earth and we've forgotten that, uh, unfortunately. Um, and I think we've forgotten the basic premise that we and all animals and, and plants too are electromagnetic beings. So, you know, how are we, and we're living in a sea of electromagnetic waves to begin with. But like you said, if we're all doing the sine wave thing and if it's coherent – and we don't have a problem then oh i i recognize your frequency you know when i moved to sedona this, i know this is going to sound a little esoteric right now but living in the northeast and then going to the desert when i got there it's like i i it's like i couldn't tune into anything i had to, i had to read their frequencies and feel the frequency and then okay because everything felt foreign to me and that's why we say it's like a foreign land, a foreign country, because we we're not in in sync with the frequencies of everything. And this is how we communicate with one another uh, telepathically, just getting vibes off of each other. You know, we can just we feel things. This is how we feel through this. And and I think I'm wondering how that's going to affect it as well.
1: Well, those are questions for which we, you know, we really don't have any answers, but uh, questions of major concern.
0: Yes. Is there anything else that you want to share with us today, Dr. Carpenter, that we need to know about 5G or any other health well, effects? There
1: is one other thing that one other health effect that I haven't mentioned, which I think uh, is potentially extremely important. And that is effects on of uh, radio frequency radiation on reproduction. there's very strong evidence for reduction in sperm counts in in men that uh, are exposed to 3 uh, g and 4 g again, this is men that wear their cell phones in their belt when they're active uh, men that use a wireless laptop uh, held in their lap for long periods of time uh <laughs> I've sort of jokingly said if you hold your wireless laptop in your lap for 8 or 10 hours a day, you probably don't need to wear condoms for the next week. But uh, the reality is that uh, the fertility, especially male fertility in the world, has gone down dramatically in the Mm -hmm. last 20 years. Uh, There are a variety of possible explanations for that, certainly Uh, Radiofrequency radiation is only one of them, but uh, that is a major concern. Now, there is also a a growing, it's not as strong, but a growing body of evidence for adverse effects in female reproduction, which is primarily infertility or uh, spontaneous abortion early in pregnancy. Uh, There needs to be much more research on this, and again, uh, there are... A variety of factors that can affect reproduction, not just electromagnetic fields, but the clear demonstration that electromagnetic fields do affect reproduction as well as causing all of these other diseases. Cancer effects on the brain and cognitive performance, and then the syndrome of electrohypersensitivity. Wow.
0: Well, it's just sad to, to hear all of this. Um, I really hope and pray that, uh, you know, we we do something about this, um, or at least halt it until we do more research. Well, I'm so thankful that you came on the show today, Dr. Carpenter. You've been just uh, well of uh, of really excellent knowledge about 5G and the effects of uh, electromagnetic radiation on us and what we might expect from the 5G Um, all I can say is I I hope that you continue your research that you get funded for it and and love to have you back on the show again if there's more information because I'd like to keep people current with all of this
1: well thank you very much Joan I've enjoyed speaking with you about this it's an important issue
0: it definitely is it affects everyone on this planet (laughs) so it definitely is (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Carpenter. Uh, on uh, next week's show, our resident astrologer, Jude Valentine, will talk about the astrology for July. And the show will air on the first eclipse, that's July 2nd. There's two eclipses next month, July 2nd and July 16th. So next Tuesday is July 2nd, Jude Valentine. Don't miss it because they will be life-changing. Mark your calendars and also click on the follow button on Earth Energy Forecast Show. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone.